The land he was traversing was flat to rolling, almost treeless, with distant grazing cattle. Twice he startled bands of horses. Both times they put their tails in the air and raced over the horizon. They weren't inbred, wormy mustangs. They had been someone's loose stock. Well-bred, quality animals. Shortly now they would be rounded up, have the kinks worked out and put to work. Springtime was also marking and branding time. When full summer arrived, they would cover miles under saddle watching for screw worms, hung up calves, wolves that attacked, and skulking coyotes that waited in hiding to kill by stealth. He rolled a brown paper cigarette, lighted up, inhaled, exhaled, and told his horse the country they were passing over was good. The horse, accustomed to being talked to, paid no attention. He had seen movement far ahead, partially obscured by flourishing creek willows where a watercourse ran in a meandering way. The man saw nothing. The movement was hidden from sight along the creek where willows grew as thick as the hair on a dog's back. The sun was directly overhead. A man's shadow for this brief period of each day was beneath his feet. Ground-nesting birds exploded from their secret places as shod horse reverberations caused panic. Even a small necklace ground owl was routed out of his hole. The man watched him flying blind, or nearly blind, in a way indicating the owl had no destination, just escape. He stopped once where a cairn of stone showed in the grass. Another month and the grass would be too tall. Right now, the grave was visible and old. Probably very old, because mounded rocks had tumbled from the top. There was no headboard, nothing at all to denote who was buried there except the rocks and the grave shape. The man said, Inion? As a blowfly buzzed the horse's nostrils, it shook its head. The man agreed. Nah, Inions didn't bear him out like this. They hid graves, or they had secret places where they made mummy bundles and put them on platforms. The rider squeezed, and the horse moved out. The animal was well-muscled and short-backed. He didn't carry an ounce of fat, and his hide was shiny. He was in his prime, neither young nor old, seven going on to eight. His rider had steel-blue eyes, a hide browned from exposure. He sat a horse like it was an extended part of him. His saddle had the maker's name on the seating leather up near the gullet, and where it had been made. Miles City, Montana. The man was about average height, maybe a tad less. He was lean and muscular. Now he was wearing doeskin riding gloves, but ordinarily he kept them folded over and under his shell belt. He had even features, neither coarse nor pinched. His mouth, more than his eyes, mirrored character. The lips were thin, but not tight. To some, usually old women who could read a man's face, he appeared as rather tolerant, probably easygoing, sensible but uncompromising. It was a fair assessment. The land gradually rose toward a mile-distant drop-off, which was not precipitate. Nothing in this country was precipitate. The land rolled and tapered off the same way. Within sixty days, grassheads would brush a man's stirrups. 
When he topped the rib of land, he halted again. Below and onward a fair distance was a willow creek, its water completely hidden by tangled growth on both sides. There were birds down there, noisily staking out nest sites. There was also a doe with twin-spotted fawns who had seen the man the instant he appeared against the horizon. She watched, chewed, made no move to herd her babies until the man started down the slope in her direction. Even then she did not run, but simply took high steps with her youngsters who had seen nothing and moved farther south along the creek. She never did run. She merely put distance between herself and the oncoming rider, then faded from sight among the creek willows. The sun had passed so that the rider's shadow was in front now as he reached the creek, sat a moment considering, then swung off, hobbled his horse first before removing.